0: few questions including rejoiner music you know what's a song that maybe sticking out to you right now that you'd love to hear as we come back from break we only have a couple more of those left but you can get your song in as well 69187 keyword rnr when it comes to the raiders who do you think will be the breakout player and why and also what has you fired up about this upcoming season if you're not there yet well what does it take to get you fired up for the upcoming season we're about to uh, turn our attention away from nfl and away from the raiders and think about the nba finals game four is going on this evening uh, the miami heat and the denver broncos it's in miami it's in south beach and of course uh miami is down right now two games to one to denver after denver had a hell of a game in game three how do they bounce back well bobby's efforting uh nba or danny green right now from uh, inside the green podcast of course you can check him out with the cleveland cavaliers uh multiple time uh nba champion so he's going to join the show in a matter of minutes to just tell us about the nba finals his thoughts on it uh kind of compare and contrast the two teams what kind of adjustments he think may happen in this evening's game uh that will get tipped off in just a little while then we'll have amber wilson from espn's joe and amber and uh, she'll join the show and Talk about the Heat. She's a big-time Miami Heat fan. I know that she'll be at probably the game. If she's not at the game, then uh, she'll be paying attention to it closely, as she always does, and she'll break down all things – Miami Heat. But right now, as promised, joining us on the phone line is Danny Green, MBA or multiple time champion. And of course, inside the Green Podcast, he's a host of it. Danny, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And it's the NBA Finals. It's been fun so far. Denver's up two games to one. As a guy who's won multiple championships, what is it like to be in the NBA Finals?
1: Well, thanks for having me, man, first and foremost. So I appreciate you having me on, but what it's like, uh, it's, uh, especially if the a first timer, it's, it's amazing feeling. It's very surreal. It's hard to explain in words, uh, but it's something you dreamed of as a kid. It's the brightest. It's the biggest stage. The, the lights are brighter. Um, you know, I'm going to say there's a lot of pressure. It depends on how you look at it, but it's the funnest time of the year. Playoffs are the funnest time of the year, but being in the finals, being the last two teams playing, everybody waiting to watch you guys play, um, is, is, most, uh, I guess, I'd say fun time. It's a hard to think of the words I'm looking for, but, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great feeling it's a great experience and so to have, to have everybody kind of just waiting to see who, what happens and who wins. Um, yeah, man, it's it's humbling. It's a very humbling moment.
0: What is the message like in the locker room from coach to player during the NBA Finals when we we heard Jimmy Butler say our players' energy wasn't where it needs to be? Just to kind of get you ready for a game, get that energy where it needs to be, and get you pumped up.
1: It's more so, just trying to send a message, you know, to keep you locked in, but also loose at the same time. But they don't want you paying attention or focusing on any media or anything. It's because you win a game, you're the best in the world. You're going to win a championship. you lose a game, then you're the worst. You're the worst. So, um, so you can't pay attention to anything outside of the room. Uh, but sense to me. You watch film. You know what you need to do, what adjustments you need to make. And a lot of the times when it comes down to those two teams, it's it really the test question, who's going to make it uh, for the next game and to, to win.
0: Danny Green is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And let's say a roughness Talk about the NBA Finals. Game four is tonight. Denver's up 2-1 right now. They really came out with a lot of energy in game three. How do you think Coach Spolstra adjusts, makes adjustments, and prepares Miami for game four this evening?
1: Well, I expect he's a great coach. I expect him to make some great adjustments. And I think one is, is change up the zone a little bit because, you know, Denver has kind of figured out uh, some certain things, the way to attack it. I see that they might try to slow him down a little bit more as well as putting that full-court press on again. Um, but ultimately, I think they just, they played more defensively. They held them to 109 points, which is pretty, really damn good. Uh, they just need to score more. So they have to get, you know, more pace offensively in a half court set and, you know, get the shooters in, in, in rhythm and getting the right shots so they knock them down. So if they get Gabe Vincent out of foul trouble and Max Truce keep him on the floor and you get Max Truce going and Duncan Robinson. I think that'll give them a, a good lift. But the Martin got to come back to playing like how he was in Boston? You guys got to score more. You got, you got to score at least 115 points to beat Denver.
0: Were you surprised that the role players didn't play a bigger role, especially returning home in Game Three?
1: No, um, it happens. That's part of it. Some games are going to be good. Some games are going to be bad. Jimmy and Bam played very well. Um, you know, some some games they, they're going to, the bench is going to give you a great lift, and some games it's not going to be there. Um, but you got to find it somewhere. You know, Kevin Love has done a great job in other games. Uh, Kev- Kyle Lowry has done some great job. Kayla Martin, Duncan Robinson, Max gave us all those guys have had huge games throughout the series. It's going to be a day where you you just hope it doesn't happen in the finals or where it costs you the series. Um, But I expect those guys to fully bounce back and and play a a way different game than they did in game three.
0: You know, it's funny because Denver hasn't been in the finals before, and so your casual fan probably hasn't seen a lot of the Joker, hasn't seen a lot of Jamal Murray, but both of those guys messed around and had a triple-double in game three. How amazing is that? We haven't seen that ever in the NBA finals before.
1: Those guys are special, man. I can't talk enough about them and how good they are. Um, but they also make the guys around them better make the game easier around those other guys. So that's another reason why Denver's been one of the best teams in the league all year and, you know, the best team right now. But, um, yeah, so I, I think both teams don't have a familiarity with each other. So I think it's, it's weird for both of them playing each other in the finals. Nobody knows how Denver operates and Miami operates. Miami is the same. So Denver is like they're messing, miscommunicating defensively because, you know, Miami's calling different switch plays you know, defensively. So, it, it, it's it's new for both of them. But, you know, the first two or three games, are feel like it. First two, really, are feel like games, And then these next, you know, games, you know, two through four, three, four or five are the games that kind of dictate the series.
0: You know, when you were in San Antonio, you guys were very sound defensively. And, and I feel like Miami's very sound defensively as well. But when you're defending a guy like the Joker and Murray, and then you got Porter when he's on, and you've got other guys contributing, how do you really commit to that side of the ball and then also be knocking down shots, like you said, trying to get 115
1: to win that game? Say that last part again. How do you get guys to do what now? Well,
0: how do you, after you get locked in on defense, how how do you have enough energy to go and get that 115 points on the other side?
1: Well, you got to use your defense and let you allow your to do offense, but you got to allow it to give you some easy offense, which will keep you in rhythm. If you get defensive turnovers and steals, get out and running, get some transition threes, it'll keep your shooters in rhythm. You'll get some easy baskets, hopefully get to the free throw line more. And by getting those lifts, it'll it'll, it'll give you an opportunity to, to keep those guys um, even a half court set, you'll feel more confident in rhythm.
0: You said uh, earlier that Eric Spoelstra is one of the best coaches in the league right now. What do you thought about the job Coach Malone has done for the Nuggets?
1: He's done an amazing job as well. He made the right adjustments. the Reason why they won Game Three, they uh, they found a way to beat the zone, attack it, um, get his other guys involved. Christian Brown did an amazing job, especially in the zone and just rebounding, getting on the glass, and, and making sure those guys, other guys, are effective, even though they're not making shots or playing well offensively. You know, KCP, MPJ, even though they have big, big offensive nights, they played a lot better defensive game than they did in Game Two.
0: Christian Brown is a guy I wanted to ask you about. I really like his energy. He gets it done defensively, and then all of a sudden, he's getting those easy buckets on the other end. Like you mentioned,
1: how how important
0: has he been to Denver's success lately?
1: Uh, huge importance, and they're going to need that from Bruce Brown as well, said, and the other guys that they play on that, on that floor. Um, said, I said I expect MPJ and KCP to give him a better look because you know Jokic and Murray have been, have been amazing and continue to play that way. Uh, for the rest of the series. You hope they do if you're Denver. But you're going to need more help from the others, just like Miami. So those are the guys that dictate the series and are going to determine you know, who's going to come out on top.
0: Again, we're talking with Danny Green here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Do you have a gut feeling on how this game's going to go this evening, Game 4?
1: Yeah, I think this one's going to be a lot closer than the last game. I think Denver kind of handedly won that game. Uh, they were up by 15-20 most of the game, and then maybe just cut the team 10 10-12 and they ended up winning by I think maybe close to double digits I think this one is going to be a lot closer but I still think Denver might get the edge by like four to six points
0: Ooh! if they get that if they win that go three one return back to Denver it might be it might be lights out for the Miami Heat I I did want to ask you Danny we're here in Vegas uh coach Becky Hammond is part of the aces she's the the head coach they won a championship last year they look like they're going to be really good this year what is it about her you you worked with her what is it about coach Hammond that that gets the most out of people
1: I mean, I can't tell from the, the female side or on that side of it, but I know she gets the best out of her players. And I think she gets – I mean, obviously they have a really good team, too. They have the talent. She's learned from the best in pop, mm-hmm. and pop. Uh, and she knows how to push and, and get, those guys, get those girls to focus in and, and to lock in and also to play their, their highest potential. So that's just something all San Antonio Spurs' descendants have done.
0: What is it about being in that organization and learning from pop? It just seems like everyone gets it
1: just how they operate, you know, at a high-level military, I won't say military, but a very disciplinary level. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, guys know what's at stake. They they work well together. They have good chemistry. And they don't think that they're bigger than the game. The biggest thing is the ego and and, and knowing what the bigger picture is. So everybody's playing and working together for a greater cause.
0: You know, I feel like that that what you just said about, uh, you know, the ego and putting the ego to the side, I feel like that that's what Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra do really well in Miami, too. They make sure that nobody comes in with an inflated ego.
1: For sure, 100%. And the fact is that they get a lot of guys that are undrafted or second-round draft players who are really good, you know, they shouldn't be you know, undrafted or second-round draft players. Mm-hmm. But they get those guys, and they're, they're very happy to be there, and they continue to work hard and uh, give the best. They get the best from them. So uh, they figured out a formula to find you know, great pieces in cheap areas.
0: Right. Well, they did it. They found it, and now they're getting ready for Game 4. We're excited about it. We're looking forward to it. Danny, great stuff, man. What do you got coming out on uh, Inside the Green Room? Who's going to be focusing on that? Uh, your next episode?
1: Well, we'll see, man. I think most of the episodes right now focus on the finals. So we'll see what happens after tonight, and we'll probably release another episode. But, and then we'll probably get into free agency and also trades and what moves and coaching staff and what's happening with other teams. So we're going to keep updated with all the sports news, not just basketball, but mostly in our league and see what happens with uh, these other teams and, and with free agency and trades and draft night.
0: How, how long do you wait until you get back on the court and keep on grinding? I know you're excited about it.
1: Not too long. I'll get out there soon. So I'll be back uh, hopefully full health, full strength. I am at full health and full strength, but I'll be back out there sooner than later uh, for my off-season workouts.
0: There you go. Well, Danny, thanks so much, man. Enjoy game four. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon.
1: You too.
0: Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Danny Green, right there. Cleveland Cavaliers guard inside the green room is the podcast. Uh, breaks down the NBA. Uh, wanted to have him a few more minutes, but his phone sounded like he was starting to shake out and break up, just a little bit. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to hold on too long. But it's great to catch up and just even hear what it's like. The mentality going through NBA finals and. You know, just what a guy is thinking about and, and how to keep your mind straight, especially when you're trying to win the ultimate prize, which is the Larry O, the big-time trophy. So uh, want to be a champion. He's a three-time champion uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. Many thanks to Danny Green for joining us there, giving us a few minutes of his time. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword r You want to chime in on the NBA Finals, how you think Game 4 is going to go? You can do that. And, of course, Uh, definitely want to hear from you about the silver and black, what Raiders breakout player you think they'll have this year, and uh, what gets you fired up about the upcoming season. And if you're not there yet, at what point will you get fired up about the upcoming season? Let us know about it. It's four eleven. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Just having fun. And it's so funny. I guess I should have asked Danny this. We just had Danny Green uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers on, talking about the NBA Finals. He's a three-time champ. I should have asked him, even though his phone was messing up a little bit, I should have asked him about a song stuck in his head. I've been getting, or we've been asking for requests for rejoiner music because I was walking around singing DeRoe music, uh, ice cream paint job. For some reason, I still to this minute don't know how that song got stuck in my head. I really don't. I have no idea. Normally, I'd have a good idea. Lucy, who sits at our front desk, if you ever come and pick up prizes, you'll see her. She always has her music on. She has a really good playlist, and every time I walk in from the parking lot, her Desk is right there. So I walk in, and it always catches my ear. Something that she's playing catches my ear. And I'll point out, like earlier, it was Ja Rule. So I walked by, and Ja Rule was on. I was like, where would I be without my baby? Like, that was what I said. And she started laughing. She's like, man, I used to be obsessed with Ja Rule. And I was like, who wasn't? Right? Everybody was a big fan of Ja Rule, except for Bobby, who just waved waved his hand. But so often, I'll walk by Lucy's desk, and I'll hear something, and we'll stop, and I'll start talking about, oh, I remember this song, this, that. And I even asked her, Bobby, I went to her desk a little while ago and I was like, hey, were you playing ice cream paint job earlier? Because somehow that song stuck in my head. And she said, what song? I don't know who that is. And I was like, oh, I ha, guess, ha. guess that wasn't you. So I don't know. I still don't know right now, Bobby, how that song got stuck in my head.
2: It's probably one of the kids playing us this morning.
0: What, what kids? Where are you talking? Where?
2: You got kids, don't you? They listen to music, don't they?
0: Yeah, man. Bingo. They're not awake when I'm up at, you know how
2: kids are. Uh, uh, Maybe it was on in the background. You never know.
0: I have no idea. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm walking up and down the hallway. I think this is even before you got here. And I started singing, yeah, buddy, roll like a big shot. You know, I just, I don't get it. I don't know why.
2: I don't get it either, but that's not my thing. <laughs> Speaking of Lucy, by the way, big happy birthday to her tomorrow. Oh, that's right. It's
0: her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Lucy. I like Lucy.
2: She's a good kid. She's she puts great people. A, she puts up on my crap. I like her.
0: Yeah, hey, look, man. She puts up with all our crap right and we and believe
2: please believe that some with different levels than others right obviously.
0: there's a lot of crap that flows around sometimes that she puts up with all of it so we definitely appreciate her uh we appreciate everyone who uh deals with our stuff from uh, natalie to michelle or melissa my bad <laughs> Who's oh
2: michelle? she's gonna like that nice job <laughs> Melissa's Like where, the where, 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 where's, your ne- where's your next job dude <laughs> <laughs> that's when you don't mess with melissa well you don't want yeah. to just telling you or
0: danielle Danielle's in charge of payroll. Da- Danielle,
2: you can get around here but and she's there. she's
0: in charge of payroll. That's the most important one.
2: Come on. Look, Danielle, you can get around here or there, but you just don't mess with Melissa. I know. She she's told saying. me.
0: I'll tell you this. You know how I know who Melissa is? She told me that her favorite song was Amon, and I can't say the name of the song because, well, you'd have to dump it. But if, do you remember that song back in the day from Amon?
2: Obviously not.
0: <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe you did. Maybe you were just downplaying You don't remember that song from Amon? He was real angry.
2: You know, they they all sound real angry to me. What do I know?
0: Yeah, but like every other word was an angry word that you can't say on the radio. Uh
2: huh. And I mean, again, that's about thirty-five percent of what I hear on my ride home every day.
0: That was her song. I remember walking down the hallway, and I don't know how I started bringing up music to her, and she said that that was the song that she wanted to hear, and all of a sudden she put it on, and yeah, that was that was he was literally like a one-hit wonder, but every song or every word was. F this, F that, F, F F F F F and yeah. And so that's that's her uh, well, she, well,
2: she's an Eagles fan, so there that's you go.
0: that's her anger. She's an Eagles fan and
2: Philadelphia. Right. Yeah,
0: all things Philadelphia, right? Mm. She's rocking with the Golden Knights though.
2: Well yeah, everybody around here is.
0: Right, exactly. So there you go. There's our we went down our our, our musical um. Our, our, I don't know what you want to call it—the little rabbit hole that we went down today.
2: Oh, we believe me. Let me show you this list, pal. We could rabbit hole for another four hours. I,
0: I know. I'm already known. We got a lot of great requests. Matter of fact, Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the text line six nine one eight seven keyword R&R. Matter of fact, this song that he requested, we could actually let this run for about four hours. He said, "The Sugar Hill Gang rappers delight." Thank you, and have a great weekend. Nuggets and OKC made a trade today. Crazy, yeah, that's right. Uh, the Nuggets, they and I don't really understand. Thank you, Jim, for that text, by the way. I don't really understand all the parameters of the trade. Like I saw it, but I don't understand it, right? I mean, I, I know what they're doing. They're they're collecting draft picks. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Keep talking. Keep talking. Oh, I am. Don't know. Man, I can do this all day. This is my, right at my wheelhouse.
2: Apparently, we can. Go ahead.
0: But this uh, this trade that they made that you're talking about. Is wild. The Denver Nuggets are acquiring the least favorable of Oklahoma City's first-round picks in 2024, the 37th pick in 20, the 2023 draft, and a 24-second-round pick for a protected 2029 first-round. Like that. I mean, that's so confusing, right there. That is totally confusing.
2: Well, that's like most drafts, like most trades, isn't it? the the illustrious player to be named later and such
0: right it just it, it just kind of blows my mind Woj goes on to say the Nuggets are trying to maximize their championship window and this deal gives them some additional chances at low cost contracts and trade tools for OKC another first round pick deep into the future very deep 2029 wow I mean what do you, I I don't I hate trades like that. I hate trades where the
2: NFL does that a lot too. my fifth round draft pick from 2028 or whatever. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't like those way down the road because what the hell is that going to do for whoever's in the front office? At that point, they probably won't even be there.
2: That's the point, too. I mean, half these people, especially GMs and coaches, they go quickly. So
0: exactly, exactly. And then he goes on, Woj goes on to say Denver still owes Oklahoma City a 2027 top five protected first round pick. But again, 2027, we're in 2023. Like there's guys in OKC that aren't going to be there in 2027, so it's not going to matter.
2: We might actually have an A's team in this town by 2027. Oh, don't get me started uh, on uh, that. Uh, allegedly.
0: Yeah, don't get me started on that. Those guys look like they have no clue at all what they've got going on. I, I've said it so many times. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not even pounding the table for it. If you want to bring a baseball team to Vegas, I'm all for that. I'd be all for it, Bobby. But let that be Vegas's team. Yeah. Not let. Not. Not the team. That's ran by who it's ran by mm-hmm. because that is an absolute joke. I don't know if you've been paying attention to oh, any of the somewhat. the the little hearings that they've been having or whatever. They mm-hmm. don't even sound they don't even sound like they're they know what they're talking about when they're talking to the people. They need to know what they're talking about too.
2: It's a, you know. I I've, I've listened to this nonsense for six weeks now, and I'm going to say the same thing I keep saying. Yeah, when they stick the shovels in the dirt, that's when I'll worry. In the right. meantime, it's all just nonsense.
0: I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. It's so funny though. The first day when the announcement was made that they agreed to a, 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 a spot that's not even the spot that they're talking about anymore. Mm, yeah, wild, right? wild the, the, Yeah, exactly. That spot, all of a sudden it's like all the people from the A's wanted to go on this big media tour. They're calling the radio station. Can we get on here? Can we get mm-hmm. on there? Hey, Kavo wants to come on and talk. And I was like, no, no, not on this station. He ain't Mm-mm. coming on this station and talk. Mm-mm. He did go on with Cofield and company on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, which I was like, that's fine. Go ahead and let him. But he was on some big old tour of telling everybody he was the cock of the walk, right? I mean, he had his feathers out and everything. Uh-huh. He was letting it be known, man, we're coming, we're this, that, and the other. And now they get in front of people that they need to talk to and need to convince and have to have a plan, and it's like, uh, 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 I mean, uh, I uh, mean, uh, 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 you know what I mean? Like, they have no idea what he's saying.
2: Well, the beauty of it is, too, is 80% of the people polled out in this state want no part of the Oakland A's.
0: Yep, I was part of that.
2: And, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and and that's the thing too, because now you got all the state representatives going back to their emails, going, no, 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 no. Right. I'm voting no.
0: Right. There's no doubt. That's how it works. There, There's no doubt, man. I I don't I don't have any idea what they're doing. Don't really care. Uh, like I said, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. And this is bad because I'm an A's fan. Like for the team itself, not the ownership. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fan hmm. of all the teams that play in the same parking lot. Right. Okay. I was a Warriors, A's, and Raiders fan. All all in the same parking lot. But I'm not a fan of the ownership at all. Like those those guys. None of those cats. That's, but,
2: that's what I've been hearing. I mean,
0: the guys that put their jerseys on, you know, and, and actually represent. Yeah, I like those. Most of those guys right now are the aviators. Yeah. <laughs> which very, the, very much so. Which like all of way, last
2: year's aviators are this year's A's.
0: Exactly. Which, by the way, you can hear their their games right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You see how I put that together? See, that was a nice, nice little plug. So yeah,
2: that's professional. Very good. Right,
0: exactly. But I, I'd rather go to. Las Vegas ballpark and check out the aviators. Absolutely. You know, it's it's reasonably priced. The ballpark is awesome. And I know what I'm getting. Yeah. I'm getting a- minor leaguers trying to get to the league.
2: You're going to get a team that's going to actually put on a little more effort.
0: Right. Exactly. And they want yeah, to. I,
2: I don't care if you suck, but at least if you make some effort, at least I got something to watch.
0: Right. Exactly. And the, the problem is that they're guys trying to get to the league. These guys that are playing at the Coliseum right now, they're in the league and they don't know what they're doing. They don't have any business being there, but those, those guys that make the call, the, the front office cats, they're putting them out there, and they're doing such a huge disservice to fans that love the game.
2: Oh, hell, I'll tell you what, man. Half the players playing for Oakland right now are trying to get, traded, are trying to get sent back down to AAA. <laughs> it's a much better situation.
0: Right. There's no doubt about that. Uh, how about this text right here from the – you'll like this one, Bobby, as a, as a former uh, wedding DJ. You'll like this one. This is from the 808 Paperboy, Diddy. What you know about that song?
2: Literally nothing. You don't know
0: anything about that song? Nope. You don't know Diddy? Nope. You, do when you, want to. you, you don't know that no. one? No. <laughs> that sounded terrible, I know. You don't know do the Diddy Diddy when you want to? You don't know that song?
2: Do you know Slayer?
0: Uh, yes, I know Slayer. I, I Name had, one song. I don't know the names of the song, but uh-huh. I know I know the group Slayer. I had a, a homeboy that I worked with at, uh, at Lucky's Grocery Store in Pleasanton. Okay. He always had his Slayer shirt on. He was a big dude. He was a Green Bay Packer fan. He was a good guy.
2: Okay, I know who Diddy is. He was on WCW once about no, 30 years no. ago. No,
0: paperboy, paperboy is the artist. Diddy is the song.
2: Okay, well, there you go.
0: <laughs> you, you don't know the Paperboy?
2: <laughs> I, do, I didn't know Diddy, never mind the Paperboy. <laughs>
0: And that's why we love Bobby. He keeps it real all the time. When keeping it real goes wrong, Bobby keeps it real all the time. 426 is the time when we come back. Amber Wilson from ESPN, she'll join the show, talk all things Miami Heat. This is Radio Nation Radio Twenty. Bobby Machado on the wheels of Steel here. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on a you-make-the-call-you-pick-the-song type of Friday as we head you into the weekend the right way. This is how we get down, man. We like to have a little bit of fun. Sometimes, you know, you you take yourself too seriously. My my son always tells me, why so serious, Dad? (laughs) Why so serious? So we're not being serious. We're just having a, a fun time today. Joining us in a few minutes will be Amber Wilson as uh, Bobby is efforting her right now. She's from ESPN. We'll get her on to talk all things Miami Heat as the Heat are going to be taking on the Nuggets. Hosting them. And I'm looking up at the screen right now. I'm seeing Bam Adebayo warming up, getting prepared for game four. We threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword RNR. Who do you think will be the Raiders breakout player and why? Let us know about that. And also, what has you fired up about the upcoming season? Or maybe you're not there yet. If you're not there yet, what will it take to get you fired up about this upcoming season? Joining us now on the phone lines, as promised, from ESPN's Joe and Amber, 7 to 9 Eastern Time on ESPN is our good friend Amber Wilson. And Amber, thanks so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you. And the most important question I have to ask you above everything else, I know you were at the salon. You were getting your hair, Did Is your hair game four ready? (laughs)
3: It is game four ready now. So I feel good about the game tonight. It was not game three ready. Maybe that was the problem, Q. Maybe the problem was my hair. So that's all taken care of now. The Heat can go ahead and win one tonight.
0: There you go. And see, I knew you would take responsibility. I knew you would hold it down like that and and have a good time with it. So here we go. Let's jump into the NBA Finals again. 2-1 right now. The Nuggets uh, after winning game three. Uh, In your opinion, what really went wrong for Miami outside the fact that Denver just played really big against them?
3: Uh, Well, that's one of the problems here, right? But we've seen Miami overcome that size. Denver is the bigger team. That's the reality of the situation. And Denver has the best player on the court. That's also the reality of the situation. We know those two things are going to be problems for Miami. But the way to overcome that is when your shooters are shooting, when you're supporting cast is able to step up to the plate. Some of that was hampered in game three. I thought, listen, I thought Tony Brothers had a little something to do in the second quarter with changing the momentum a little bit with some of those fouls there on Gabe Vincent. But really, the Heat come out in the third quarter completely flat. And Jimmy and Bam did what they could to an extent. It wasn't the best game from either of those guys, particularly Jimmy Butler. It just feels like this entire series that Jimmy isn't as aggressive as We're used to seeing Jimmy Butler being. And you have to have your best players bring their best games when you're going up against the team that was the best team in the West all season long. That's the reality of the situation. They out-rebounded. I thought they out-toughed Miami. And that's a strange thing to say because the one thing that you can count on normally from Miami is their toughness, the tenacity, that they just never quit. They keep coming at you no matter how far they get down. They love a double-digit deficit. They love to call out their way out of those situations. It just didn't feel like that for some reason in Game 3.
0: No, it really didn't. And I was surprised because it was back home, right? I mean, I could see it happening on the road, but at home I thought that Miami would be in a really good position and the role players would step up in a major way. And it seemed like they were just off, like you mentioned, especially in the second half.
3: Yeah, it really felt like, Everybody was a little off. I mean, I do think, listen, there's criticisms of Bam. Sometimes he settles for jumpers that he shouldn't be settling for. But at the same time, I have been really impressed all series long with Bam. So even though I know some Heat fans were hypercritical, if we want to nitpick, we can nitpick. He wouldn't be where my focus is in this series. I've been really impressed by what he's been able to do. When everybody told me that going up against Jokic, Bam Adebayo wasn't going to be able to do anything <laughs> on either end of the court this series, He's been able to do a lot. Outside him, it's been a bit inconsistent. Obviously, in Game 2, the supporting cast was remarkable. In Game 1, you had complete no-show from mm-hmm. some of those guys, like the Max Struces of the world and the Caleb Martinsons of the world. Game 3, it felt somewhere in between. Game 4, they're all going to need to be on the same page. The game on paper, we know what it looks like, Q. That's the reality of it. On paper, Denver's the better team. Capitalize on some of those intangibles on the actual court and let the game play out.
0: Right, exactly. Again, ESPN's Amber Wilson is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, uh, Coach Spolstra, one of the best, if not the best, in the game right now as far as head coaches go. I know he's got something up his sleeve. I know he's got some adjustments coming up for this evening. What do you think he can do to kind of counterpunch with what Denver did in Game 3?
3: Well, the first thing you do is don't let those guys quite literally make NBA history because you had the first <laughs> plus 30-point triple-double right. from two teammates, not in NBA Finals history, not in playoffs history, but in NBA history. That's never a good thing. So don't let them make history. That would be goal number one. The reality is you're not going to shut down Jokic, right? I mean, I think it's why Spo was so frustrated with some of the narrative after Game 2 where the idea that they had turned him into a scorer. And I don't think the Heat want the narrative out there that you can make Jokic any which way because he's such an incredible player. He's going to get his. He's going to go the way that the game goes. He's going to get his, and that man basically triple-double, he's probably going to get that as well. It's not him that needs to be the focus in that regard. Jokic is going to cook. It's Jamal Murray. You can't let him have that kind of historic performance. In Game 2, they were really effective. Jimmy was really effective defensively against Jamal Murray. You need them to be able to do that, bite the head off the snake, so to speak, like Steve Kerr said, because Jamal Murray is the head of that snake there for the Denver Nuggets. Outside of those two guys, Q, the supporting cast for the Nuggets only had 43 points. This supporting cast for the Nuggets, frankly, has been disappointing. If I was a Nuggets fan, I would be so frustrated with Michael Porter Jr., especially when you mm-hmm. consider what they're paying him. Even KCP hasn't been nearly as effective in this series as people thought. Aaron Gordon, they seem to figure out an answer with him when they put Kevin Love on him and brought him some more size. So there's things that you can do outside of Jokic, and that needs to be your focus if you're the Miami Heat. Plus, capitalize on some of the mistakes. The Nuggets, they didn't play a perfect game. It was covered up by those insane triple doubles from their two stars, but. The Miami Heat had more steals. They had a lot less turnovers. That's the game the Heat normally play. They've got to capitalize on some of those mistakes that Denver's making.
0: You mentioned earlier Gabe Vincent, Max Strus. those guys combined for 10 points in game three. Obviously, that's not going to cut it. How do you get those guys cooking and have them capitalize on the opportunities that they have?
3: Well, I think some of it is that the way that this team goes in terms of the attitude, the aggressiveness does come from the top down, meaning Jimmy Butler down, right? Mm -hmm. Because he is the top of this team in terms of stardom. And, again, I just felt like the tone that was set in that game wasn't the same tone that we're used to seeing from this team. I think those guys are going to have to feed off the energy from Jimmy. I think Jimmy is going to have to be a lot more aggressive generally on both sides of the court. The shooters are going to do their best to shoot. You hope that they're in rhythm because they're going to have to be in rhythm to beat this Denver Nuggets team. We know what the Heat's been doing there from beyond the arc. It's been remarkable all postseason. I would imagine maybe Spoke is a little bit more time in this game as well to Duncan Robinson because we didn't see him in game three as much as we saw him there in game two. Let the shooters shoot, but at the same time, Jimmy Butler needs to set the tone, be aggressive, and also Jimmy needs to get inside more often to allow some of that space draw the attention away from the Max Struces and Gabe Vincent of the world.
0: How much do you think Jimmy Butler's ankle is still kind of bothering him a little bit? He's still been playing well, but ever since he tweaked that ankle, it hasn't quite been at the same level.
3: I think it's bothering him. I think it's a problem, if I'm being honest. I don't right. think it's an excuse. Don't right. get me wrong. Right, right. I'll be fair, right? He's yeah. out there, too. He's out there. He's playing the whole game. I mean, it's not an excuse, but I do think it's a reality it seems like he hasn't been quite the same player. So I think there's something to it. Mm -hmm. Now, who knows? I know we had Kendrick Perkins on our show, uh, Joe and Amber, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern ESPN Radio. Check it out. That's how you plug. We had Kendrick (laughs) Perkins on our show (laughs) yesterday. Perk said, about 45 minutes before you go in the game, you go see the doctor, you know, gives you a shot on the side. He gives you that good, good. You don't feel anything. So if Jimmy's ankle hurts, it shouldn't be a problem. I don't know. I never played professional basketball. I mean, I would be, wouldn't be would be able to walk up the you – know, I wouldn't be able to walk into my driveway if right. I had Jimmy's ankle, I would imagine, nevertheless, play a basketball game. I think it's a reality. I don't think he's completely right. I just don't think it's an excuse. And there is no tomorrow, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're Jimmy Butler, if it ain't broken, get out there. Give it everything you have. We saw it in 2020, unfortunately. He also wasn't completely right. He gave that everything he had. He weren't completely right in that finals against the Lakers. Bam was coming off of an injury. We had a Tyler Hero injury that year as well. None of that's excuses, though. Everyone's banged up at this point in the season. You've got to bring everything you can against this Denver Nuggets team.
0: So as a Miami Heat fan, what are your expectations? You know this team better than anybody. What are your your expectations for this evening's game? How do you think they're going to come out and react, especially from the opening tip?
3: I think they're going to come out with a lot more aggressiveness. I do hold Jimmy Butler true to his word. He said that in his post-game presser after Game 3. I think they're going to come out with a game plan again to attack Murray a lot and try to disrupt Denver's rhythm. And I think that they're going to hopefully be a lot more aggressive in this game and and a lot more effective in that regard than you saw in Game 3. I'm still encouraged you I am I'm still encouraged I mean again I know what this matchup looks like on paper like right. everybody else I know what the regular season numbers were I mean I had to pain my way through watching this team in the regular season at times like it was not a fun watch I'm not even gonna lie but this is a different team in the postseason this has been an unbelievably fun watch in the postseason. And it's such a Cinderella-type story, but because the Heat as a franchise have been so good for so long, it doesn't feel like you're rooting for a Cinderella. It feels like you're rooting for a team that you can really, truly believe in and really get behind. I'm still very, very hopeful, but also this game tonight feels like a must-win.
0: Yeah, it does. It really does look like a must-win, even from a distance. And I'll say this, Amber, I mean, I think that the Heat have been – They've been like written off so many times throughout the course of this run, including in the play-in tournament. And here they are in the finals going into game four. This ride, as a Miami Heat fan, has it must have been incredible so far for you.
3: It's such an insane ride. I mean, it will be. If they win this championship, it will be the longest odds and craziest NBA title in NBA history. I mean, I think we'll end up having on all of our sports radio shows a conversation about where this ranks, you know, yeah. in the landscape of probably titles nationwide, worldwide, sports-wide, right? Because it's so improbable. But with the Miami Heat, again, a very good organization, a very, very good coach led by some very good players. It shouldn't be that surprising. They've been counted out time and time again. It seems like that's where they flourish. I knew we were in trouble, too, after the entire ESPN pregame, So except for, I think, Greeny. But Jalen Rose and Stephen A., the rest of them, they all took the Heat in Game 3. That's (laughs) when I knew we were in trouble because that's not where the Heat want to be, right? Like, the Heat this season has thrived when everybody counts them out. And so I think tonight everyone's back to counting them out. Hopefully that bodes well for this game.
0: I'll tell you what—that's the ultimate kiss of death. When everyone says and they pick you, almost every single time it doesn't happen unless it's just that much of a mismatch, right? I mean, I always do that. I roll my eyes as soon as I see everyone pick a team that I'm going for. I'm like, "Dang, <laughs> this is gonna be yep. a, a, this is gonna be a loss." I hate when that happens. Again, Amber Wilson is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple of questions. It has nothing to do with the game or the series. Uh, Dame Lillard has mentioned the Miami Heat. What would a Dame and uh, and Jimmy Butler backcourt look like to Amber Wilson?
3: <laughs> oh, uh, it would look like uh, I, one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time, right? <laughs> I mean, I, please, Dame. And Damian Lillard goes on on that podcast to say that he won't come to Miami if we win a championship this year. It's like, uh, Dame, what are you doing, buddy? Just, right. At this point in Damian Lillard's career, the whole point is to go and be on a contender. Nobody's going to think Damian Lillard, though, is just – ring chase, and particularly if he goes to an 8th seed that wasn't supposed to in any way win the title. I think I can speak for the nation when I say we would all love to see Damian Lillard on some sort of competitor on a team that is playing at that high level because he's just so incredible, and I don't know how many years of his prime he has left as a Miami Heat fan. It sounds so, so good. <laughs> My only concern is, you heard Damian Willard say, "Bams his boy, and I have a hard time imagining a trade that doesn't include Bam. Right. Yep. <laughs> but I'd love to see it. If the heat could keep Bam, Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler, sexy Q. I'm just going to throw it out there. That sounds sexy.
0: No, it is. It, it really is. And I would sign up for it every day of the week and twice on Sunday to go ahead and check that out. I think that would be really good. Now, one more player I wanted to ask you about, and you mentioned Kay Perkins earlier. He said earlier today he thinks Russell Westbrook will end up on South Beach, what do you think about Westbrook with the Heat?
3: That's the first time I'm hearing that. Really? Yeah, he I said have that not earlier. heard that one. Uh, I wonder what his reasoning is for that. I don't love that, <laughs> frankly. Uh, I, I just—it's not. I mean, we just talked about Damian Lillard, right? I mean, right. Russell Westbrook is a 34-year-old player that looks a lot older than 34 years old the way that he plays. I felt like people were too hard on Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles, particularly during his. Uh, first half of the season there in L.A. at the end of his run. I thought people were way too hard on Westbrook. I think some of that narrative changed there a little bit with the Clippers. But I don't also have the excitement about Westbrook being the difference maker joining my team. I mean, there was a lot of frustration with Kyle Lowry all season long from Miami Heat fans. A lot of frustration. Right. So these older guys are in the very back end of their careers. I mean, we are collecting them, I guess, right? Kevin loves <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Like I, Maybe that's why. First things, Russell Westbrook would be a good fit in Miami, but it doesn't do much
0: for me. I hear you. I hear you. I don't think that it does too much for anybody, but I wanted to throw it out there since I saw him, and it surprised me as soon as I saw him say that as well. I thought, ooh, I never thought of uh, of the heat as a landing spot for one, Russell Westbrook. But we will see how it all shakes out. Amber, fantastic stuff. Again, Joe and Amber, you can check them out, 7 to 9 Eastern time on ESPN. Amber, enjoy game four. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. There she goes. Amber Wilson, Joe and Amber, ESPN. Definitely appreciate her. And as I look up at the TV screen in our studio, 52 minutes and 19 seconds away from tip-off. And Chris Tucker. One Chris Tucker. Yeah, that Chris Tucker is sitting there at the table right there with Greeny and Stephen A and Jalen, Jalen, uh, Jalen Rose and uh, Mike Wilbon all getting ready for that game, game four. Should be interesting how it shakes out. I gut feeling tells me that that Denver's gonna win it, but I feel like Miami has to win it, right? I mean, I just I don't want to overreact to what I saw in game three. So I've been saying that Miami's gonna win it because that's just what they've done all, all playoffs long. Every time you get ready to count them out, they bounce back and they win a game. So I'm on that strength, I keep saying that Miami's gonna win. But man, if Denver if Denver acts like they did in game three, then Miami might not have too much of a chance, but again, fifty about one minutes, about fifty-one minutes away from tip-off. We'll start to find out exactly how it goes down. Again, many thanks to Amber Wilson, Miami Heat fan, and you heard her at the top, Bobby. Her hair is game four ready, so there's that. She hit me earlier and said I was at the, I uh, will at the salon. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you later and let you know exactly what time I could hop on. And so that's why I, uh, I threw that little, that little gem in there about her hair.
2: You got to have priorities in life, guys.
0: Hey, look, Bobby. I know you don't have priorities when it comes to the hair. You just not recently, anymore. No, you recently cut the hair, and I, I, I think when was that? About a month ago, you cut your hair. Was it that long ago? Uh,
2: last February. Yeah. I've shaved it a couple times since, but but
0: yeah. But when's the last time you shaved it? Uh,
2: three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, that I had never seen you without a hat on or a beanie cap on. And so all of a sudden, I walked in and I was like, "What the hell? Where's Bobby? Ain't got no hair. What's going on?" And you had just shaved it, but you, you mentioned priorities. I have a priority. Every single Saturday, I go get my hair cut. Every Saturday. Like cool. every Saturday, I have to. That's a priority.
2: That's no, well, everybody has their thing. That's cool.
0: <laughs> and I guess that's my thing, right? Bobby's. Thing I used is- to
2: have hair. I used to have a whole bunch of hair. But as you get older, it gets thinner. And finally, it just got to the point where it's like, I don't want to be the old guy with one strand of hair wrapped around. Forget it. Just cut it all off.
0: There you go. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Keep doing your thing. Of course, Bobby's holding it down. Been holding it down all afternoon here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Got a couple texts I want to get to on the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. This one's from Brad in Concord. Uh, he said, I'm always fired up when the season nears in general. However, once the games start, deter- uh, start determine if I stay that way or angrily shake my head again each week. So uh, Brad said he gets fired up as soon as the season gets near, and depending on how the games shake out, depends on how long he stays fired up. But then he also said, I'm thinking Jacorian Bennett may be the surprise just from the athletic abilities we've heard about. For the tunes. how about Beastie Boys Intergalactic? It's a good pop to, to it, like hopefully the DBs will have. Uh, Bobby your list is so long we can't get any more on
2: but it's a shame because that's a good one that Actually, is, that's a that's really good really rejoin good I like that one
0: there you go well see just write it down write it down put it in your notes and next time we do this again and we'll have to do this like at least like once a, once a month or so on, on Fridays you know heading into the weekend why not just have a little bit of fun I like I like getting the different you know the different uh, uh, requests for different songs and, and some of them I know really well some of them I'm a big fan of some not so much and then getting your reaction is even better I still like your reaction to Paperboy Diddy. I think it gets no better than that.
2: <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you if you ever if you that ever was decide, nothing. I love it. If you ever decide, I mean, the office is right over there. I'm not doing anything special. I'll come in. And, you know, it's like old time radio. We get to play requests that people call in with. Right.
0: Exactly. When's the last time we've done that? Right. Oh God. Nineteen
2: ninety two, three, something like that.
0: That used to be the thing, Bobby. Request lines open. Request lines open. And then, well, you know how that all shook out. Robin Oakland hit us up earlier with a, a really good text. Oh, let me go back to Jacorian Bennett real quick. I didn't say anything about Ja'Korian Bennett. That's a guy that I'm intrigued by as well, only because he's the, the, the first corner that the Raiders took, right? Fourth round. I thought they were going to take a corner earlier. But they didn't. They waited till the fourth round. Uh, Dave Ziegler again. He mentioned that they're trying to build it from the inside out. So uh, they tried to beef up that that defensive line. Uh, they went out, and got Tyree Wilson. They went and got a, a, a Young out of Alabama in the third round. So I mean, they they did as much as they could, put attention to detail on that on that defensive line, and they waited until the fourth round to get a corner. So I want to see how good he could really be. He had some good production in school at Maryland. He was across from Deontay Banks, who was a first-round draft pick. So obviously he got a lot of attention. A lot of balls went his way, and he pretty much held his own. Right. He's very fast, like you mentioned. Uh, he's got those athletic traits. He could jump out the gym. He's just got to be able to make sure he can cover. From what I saw, on, and this was just one drill, and I'm not going to overreact to one drill, but he was running stride for stride with Philip Dorsett, and Brian Hoyer tried to hit Dorsett on a deep ball, and Bennett was right there. He was right there with him stride for stride, and, and the ball uh, fell to the ground. Nice little pass breakup from Bennett, but again, that was just one little drill. Not going to overreact, but just you could see that the speed is there. He no doubt about it has it. So I'm interested to see what, what he looks like. And when he gets onto the field, I mentioned it earlier. I went through the cornerback room and how many different cornerbacks the Raiders have from guys like uh, Amik Robertson, Duke Shelley, David Long, Sam Webb, Jacorian Bennett, Brandon Faison, uh, Tyler Hall, Nate Hobbs. Uh, the list goes on. Bryce Cosby, Ike Brown, Azizi Hearn, Jordan Perryman. I mean, all those guys are in the cornerback room right now. So that's a pretty deep room. And obviously when you have 90 or 91 players on your roster, you have deep rooms everywhere. But how does it shake out, right? How does the depth chart end up shaking out with the corners? So I want to see where Ja'Korian fits in and how quickly he can get onto the field. That'll really determine if he could be you know, a guy that that uh, you know ends up showing and kind of breaking out uh, his rookie year. So thank you so much for that text, Brad. We do appreciate you. I wanted to go back real quick to Robin Oakland's text when he was talking about Luke Masterson. And I, I identified the linebacking room yesterday as the weak link. And Divine Diablo is the guy that we all expect to have that breakout. I called him the breakout player earlier when the show started today. But if Masterson could step up and be that guy, and there has been some good you know, good reviews on him. He played well as a rookie. He, did he make mistakes? Sure. But as an undrafted free agent, he was out there, got a pretty good amount of burn. Darian Butler was another undrafted free agent, but he didn't get as much burn defensively. He got a lot on special teams, but Masterson got a lot his rookie year as an undrafted free agent. If he can grow into that position, like Rob said, you know, it's uh, it's tough to make a comparison and and say Brian Urlacher-like, but he said that, you know, it kind of reminds him of a young Brian Urlacher. If he could be anything close to something similar to right related to even a Brian Urlacher that's a big time win it's just been so long since the Raiders have had a really good linebacking room where you knew that that was not the weak link of the team if he can end up being that guy right Robert Spillane obviously is gonna be thrown into the mix he's a guy that they brought in as a free agent from from Pittsburgh so that's going to be you know what what kind of element does he bring to the table what does he ultimately do right i know he's stuffs to run but you know what how often is he going to be on the field divine diablo obviously is going to get a lot of burn you know and then there's there's other guys there's other guys that they brought in that are that are younger dudes uh maybe they could play a role i i just i want to see how that room shakes out but uh, like you said luke masterson if if he can step up and be a guy you're going to talk about a man what a what a find that was an undrafted free agent turning into somebody pretty special so that's Definitely uh, somebody I'll be paying attention to as well. When training camp comes around, that'll be someone that I pay attention to. So, Robin Oakland, thank you so much for that. And uh, the song request he had put out there was Living Proof by Group Home. And I have to admit, I didn't even remember Living Proof by Group Home. So I had to go back, and I was like, oh, man, that's taking it back to, like, 95. I was barely in high school, or I was getting out of high school. And I got out of high school in 94. Well, I don't know how much I ever really
2: attended high school. but You got out of high school in 1994? 94, yeah. Yep. Youngin'. <laughs> youngin <laughs> And right now someone else is saying, "Damn, Q,
0: you're old. You got a high school in 94 and you're talking about I'm a youngin." So there's that. Bobby, thank you so much for all the efforts today behind the wheels of steel and making us go. We definitely appreciate you. Many thanks to my man Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Mike Mike Giardi, uh, he also joined us to talk all things NFL. We heard from Brandon Face on his presser. Uh, Danny Green, Cleveland Cavalier, we appreciate him. And Amber Wilson, we just heard from her as well. And, of course, Raider Nation, you too at 702-365-9200. We'll be back on Monday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good one.